Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 335. Prepare to embark on a journey with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs. Be daring, be audacious, challenge life. Did you know when you use the talkback button while listening to TV talk, you'll automatically be entered to win their grand prize, a Sony 4K high-definition TV? Download the app from the iOS or Google Play Store today. Fire Nation, whether your business needs a logo, web, apparel, or mobile app design, 99designs has you covered. Visit 99designs.com slash fire to be connected with thousands of designers who are ready to work on your next project right now. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Tim Grawl. Tim, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. Tim is the author of Your First 1,000 Copies, the step-by-step guide to marketing your book, and is the founder of OutThink, where he works with authors such as past Entrepreneur on Fire guests, Jonah Berger, Barbara Corcoran, and Pamela Slim to help them build their platform, connect with readers, and sell more books. I've given Fire Nation just a little overview, Tim, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you, and then give us an overview of your business. Yeah, so I have been married for 10 years, have uh, two sons, uh, seven and five, and uh, they take up a lot of my time, And uh, which we were just bantering about, like always refining our systems to get more done, and I definitely have to do that. Um, and I run OutThink. I started it uh, a little over seven years ago, uh, eight years ago now, actually. And uh, just really wanted to uh, work for myself and help people do what they do. And then about uh, three and a half years ago, I started working with authors full time and just never looked back. So uh, really enjoy it. And we have a small firm with me and three other people. Well, Tim, I just have to say, first and foremost, you have worked with some very amazing entrepreneurs. I love Jonah, Barbara, and Pamela. All three of them are just taking the entrepreneurial world by storm and taking things to the next level with their books and everything else above and beyond. So I'm really looking forward to diving into how you first connected with them, how you work with them, and all of that. But before we do, Tim, I want to talk about a success quote that you have for Fire Nation because you know that we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off with this mantra that you utilize daily. So take it away. My success mantra is uh, I started using this uh, a few years ago and it really kind of helped me turn things around. It really ties into that whole systems thinking. So um, I assume that future Tim, a future version of myself, will always be stupid and lazy and make bad decisions. So I try to set things in place that won't let me do that. Um, So for instance, a few years ago, I went on a really strict diet for a year and I lost over 50 pounds. And one of the ways I did that is I posted everything I was doing online. I sent it to everybody I knew in life, like 
friends, people I went to church with, colleagues, everybody knew I was on this diet. And I live in a pretty small town. And so, um, and then my wife was allowed to call me out online at any time if I ever went off the <laughs> diet. And so I basically set it up where it would be so embarrassing to not stick to this diet because, like, if I was at Kroger and buying something, you know, I live in a small town, somebody's going to see me, you know, or if I'm Cheetos, out eat, Tim, really? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, you know, anytime if I snuck something at home, my wife was allowed to call me out. And so it, it set up this system where it was like, I knew, you know, I tried, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I tried a hundred different diets. I knew I needed to lose weight and I could never stick to it. And I knew at some point I'm really going to want to fall off this wagon. And so, um, so I just set it up where it was going to be really, really painful for me to fall off the wagon. And I ended up sticking with it for a year and losing over 50 pounds. And so I tried to look for any way that I can set things up so that, um, when I want to be lazy, when I want to make a bad decision, it's really, really hard for me to do that. You know, another way is phone calls. Like I really hate picking up the phone and calling somebody. I always have, still do. And so what I do is I set meetings with everybody. Like even my good friends, they're like, hey, give me a call next week. I'm like, hey, why don't we set a meeting? Because otherwise I will never call you. Um, and so I actually get it on the calendar to the point where I will feel so bad about like skipping a phone call that I'll actually dial the phone. Um, so that's my mantra is I just assume the future version of myself is going to be stupid, lazy, make bad decisions. And I try to plan ahead for that. Tim, I love that mantra. I love the example that you gave. And just for Fire Nation listeners, if you really want to try something like this, there is a really cool website out there. It's called lift.do. So that's L-I-F-T dot D-O. And their tagline is build better habits, change your life. And just like Tim was talking about, what this website is all focused around is making you feel responsible, putting things down in writing, setting up a schedule that you are being held accountable to. If you don't have friends or a community to do this for you, then this is a way to do that. So check it out, Fire Nation. It's a great option of what Tim is saying to put it into practice. And Tim, what I want to do right now is focus on you. Let's bring the spotlight to your entrepreneurial journey because you do come from a small town and you're still in that small town, yet you've helped people like Jonah Berger, Barbara Cork, and Pamela Slim, just huge names in the entrepreneurial world. And I want to know how you got there. But before we get to that success, there were failures, there were challenges, there were obstacles. There was a time that you fell on your face and you failed. Share with us that time, Tim, and what'd you learn from it? You know, I was thinking about this question, trying to think through best answer. I, the best answer I could come up with that's the most truthful is just not knowing what to do. Um, you know, I went to school to be a programmer. You know, I was basically trained to sit in a cubicle and churn out code. Um, and that just, you know, that's not what I ended up doing when I started a business. So when I started a business, I literally had no idea what to do. And I didn't have a community. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of people around me trying to do interesting things and start new businesses either. So I was kind of on my own. And so what I, what I did to overcome that is I just started surrounding myself with good people, with smart people, people that would tell me the truth, people that I could call on when I needed help. I hired a business coach, um, and to help me just, you know, every week have, um, somebody to be accountable to, um, and just really surrounded myself with good people that I could get good advice from. Um, and 
And that really helped me overcome that, just not knowing what to do. You know, in today's world, we have all of these opportunities with everything that's available with the internet and connected to the whole world and all of these tools available and all this stuff that we can do. But it also causes us to have threat lockdown where like there's just too much to do. We can't make a decision and there's too many opportunities. We can't decide what to do. And I was the classic like, have a new idea, follow it just long enough for it to start making money and then like switch to something new. Let's hear one of those stories, Tim. What's one of those ideas that you did start, start to make money and then just give up on? When blogging first kind of hit the scene, you know, on the actually built one of my first sites on the very first version of WordPress. So that was 10 years ago. Um, I started a mountain biking blog network and it, and several of the sites I grew to the biggest in their categories. Um, but I just couldn't stay focused on the right things. Like I would spend large amounts of my day not doing stuff that would actually make money. Um, it was more about like my ego than it was running a successful business and so, um, you know, I'd start a new site, I'd start to grow it, and then I'd have a new idea for a site and start that one, and then the other one would lag, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And so, you know, three and a half years ago, when I decided I was going to work in the author space, you know, I decided I'm going to do this until I either go out of business or it's successful, and I'm not going to let anything get in my way. But the way I made that decision was was I had somebody to help me make that decision because I didn't realize that was my problem. And so, I mean, there's so many things still, like in recent months, I've had people like point out to me, you know, you're making this mistake. And I had no idea that was a mistake I was making um, until I had – you know, people that are good people that I've surrounded myself with that I can spend time with and be honest with that can actually like point it out to me. And I think we're all that way. And so many times, you know, we start this entrepreneur journey thinking, well, it's just me, you know, I'm on my own. I'm here to do this. I don't need anybody's help or, or it's a weakness if I say I need people's help and it's just not the truth. And so I actively look for people that can like call me on my Tell me when I'm doing stuff wrong. Tell me when I'm being an idiot. You know, I had one of my good friends back towards the end of the year, you know, basically called me out on selling my soul for the wrong thing. And, you know, that's not easy to hear. I think the exact quote was like, what, do you think you can only sell your soul halfway? And that's not fun to hear. But at the same time, she really put me on the right track. And so... um you know, I feel like my biggest challenge, again, was having no idea what to do, and the way I overcame it was just find people and surround myself with good people. Well, let's boil that down, Tim, to just one clear lesson that you learned from that entire experience. If I was giving advice to somebody in my shoes, I would say, go out and find a business coach and put yourself under their authority and basically you find somebody you trust and then do pay whatever it costs and do whatever they tell you to do. Um, That would be the main thing I would do because a lot of times friendships are hard to navigate. Like people won't tell you the truth. People will tell you what they want you want to hear or they think you want to hear. And a lot of times your respect for them isn't to the point where you put them in authority over yourself. So, you know, this, that's one thing I would do is like go out, find a business coach, somebody you trust, somebody that you know will give you good advice and then just do whatever they say and, you know, really work through, you know, I still 
put myself under people's authority that I trust and that have been there and done it before. And if they tell me to do something, I'll just go do it. Um, you know, really putting your pride on the shelf for a lot of this stuff is, is how you can be successful. Well, Tim, I can resonate with that so well because when I first started, I put myself out on the line. I reached out to an authority figure in the niche that I wanted, which was podcasting, and I invested in myself. It was not cheap, but having that coach, that mentor was a game changer. So thank you for that takeaway. Thank you for sharing that. And Tim, let's slide away from the failures and the struggles because just as important as those are, the other end of the spectrum is where the aha moment and the inspiration and the light bulbs lie. Let's talk about a light bulb moment that you've had. And Tim, how did you turn that moment into success? A big thing for me was deciding on a niche. And I'm sure lots of people have talked about niches on your show, but a big aha for me was figuring out I needed to find a category that I could own and then taking over that category. So Tim, talk to us about that process, how you went through it, and then how you finally settled upon the one that you move forward with. This was with my business coach. Um, so I basically had a nervous breakdown towards the end of, I forgot what year, it was three and a half years ago, towards the end of that year. And because I was running a business, we were, had a lot of clients coming in, but it was like driving me insane. And because it was like too many different things, too many different clients, too many different projects. I wasn't charging enough. And again, I was doing all of these things that are honestly no, like looking back now, they're very typical mistakes. Um, but I was making all of these typical mistakes because I had nobody guiding me. And so I reached out to, it was, uh, Josh Kaufman of personal MBA who were still really great friends, but just so you know, I don't think he's taking on clients, um, for coaching, but he was coaching at the time, took me on as a client. I knew him, I knew him before this and we just started looking at my business. So he, we looked at the business and he's, you know, what clients did I have? What work was I doing? What work did I enjoy? Um, what work did I feel like I was good at? And we just kind of laid out all of this stuff that I'd been doing over the last couple years and tried to find patterns in it that, you know, I'm not somebody that says, you know, just find your passion and that's your work, you know, because a lot of times you don't want your passion to be your work. You know, my passion for a long time was gardening and I don't know how you're going to make a lot of money off of gardening and I don't want to because it was something I wanted for me, you know. So, but I do think that you can find things that you're good at. You can find things that you've enjoyed doing. And, you know, f- you know, for me, I would basically take any client that came in the door, which isn't a good strategy unless you're trying to find something that you want to do. And so we basically looked past, looked back and I had gotten to work over that previous year. I'd gotten a wor- year or two. I'd gotten to work with Ramit Sethi on the launch of his book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I'd started working with Hugh McLeod of Gaping Void. Um, he wrote Ignore Everybody and Evil Plans. And I had started working. Um, I had just picked up Dan Pink, author of Drive and Now to Sell as Human, as a client. And as we talked about it, it really came out that like I really liked these projects. I've always been a big reader. I've loved books for a really long time. Um, you know, I go through I don't you know dozens and dozens of books every year. And you know, a lot of these authors I'd already read. And 
Um, and I really liked the work. You know, some of the jobs that were driving me crazy were for these bigger, uh, like companies and corporations that had all this bureaucracy with all of these meetings. And, you know, that is for some people, and I, I don't want to denigrate that work, but for me, it was driving me crazy. And I really liked working one on one with somebody that was the decision maker, and we could just like make decisions and move forward. And so, um, as we talked about that work, it really came to light of like, well, I'm really good at this, you know, well, is there much competition? And I looked out there and there wasn't, and, you know, we felt like this would be something I could make a decent amount of money at. And so I decided basically one day, you know, I took Joseph, who was my only employee at the time. And I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to rip everything out and start over and just do authors and he's like let's do it and so that was three and a half years ago and you know this morning i was talking with uh tucker max um who's like a giant bestseller and we were talking i was telling him what i do and he's like and he said he said it i didn't say anything and he said he's like from what i can tell you don't even have competition and that's pretty true like we you know if in this space we're the ones you come to and so it's three and a half years of hard work, but, you know, finding that niche that I could own and then doing everything I possibly could to own it, you know, that was my aha moment of just, you know, finding work that I was good at and being able to own that space um, really changed everything for me. So Tim, I think that this evolution that you shared with Fire Nation is so utterly important because it seems like almost every entrepreneur, no matter how often we try to pound it into their heads, wants to try to serve everybody at first because they have this completely wrong notion that I want to cast as wide a net as possible to catch as many fish as possible because you know what? There are a lot of holes in my net because I don't have everything down pat yet. So I really want to try to just have anybody be my client. And then when you do that kind of stuff, as you found, you became known for nothing, Tim. You specialized in nothing. You became known for nothing. So when people came to refer you, they couldn't because they didn't know what you did really. They just knew that they you had done something for them and then you did something else for somebody else. But when you really drilled down, when you niched down, and then when you niched down again, and then you took it even further by just going with these high-level entrepreneurs, you became known as the guy. So when Tucker Max or when Pamela Slim or Barbara Corcoran or Jonah Berger get asked, hey, who did you work with on your book launch? They have one person to say, and they can add the caveat to, oh yeah, this guy specializes in X, Y, and Z. And they know. So now they are your evangelist. And it goes forward from there. So Fire Nation, such a major takeaway here is you really need to niche down into something that you are known for and that you want to be known for, and then things will start to snowball on its own. And Tim, go ahead and break down for us one clear lesson in one sentence that you learned from that experience. You have to own a category. That to me, if I had to put in one sentence, it's find a category and then own it, become the best in it, become the only one that can be referred. Like if people know you exist, you'll get the job. You know what? That's what you've done, Tim. That's what I was able to do with Entrepreneur on Fire. Whenever anybody complains about running out of podcasts because they drive to work five days a week because they hit the gym, then I have somebody saying, well, John does a seven-day-a-week podcast. You won't run out of content with him. So that's how I owned my category. You owned your category by niching down, and it's such a great takeaway. And Tim, what I really want to do now is move into present times because you've done a lot of cool things thus far, and you've very 
recently work with some really cool people. We've mentioned them multiple times. Share with Fire Nation right now one or two things that are just really exciting you today. In the book, To Sell as Human, in Dan Pink's book, he talks about how people that are successful, I forget exactly how he puts it, but basically, you know, people that are being successful, they're, they're um, asking the right questions and they're solving the right problems. So they're looking for problems to solve. And so um, I've been actually working through this because I'm in a kind of a transition in my business where, you know, the beginning of this year, um, I helped launch Dan Pink's new book to number two on the bestseller list, New York Times list. I did it again for Dan Heath. I launched several other books. At one point, I had five clients on the New York Times list at the same time. (laughs) And and, um, And so I'm kind of looking at this as like, okay, I've done that now. Like, you know, I kind of started this path of like, how do, how do I do marketing for authors? Like, how does this work? How do you build a platform, connect with readers so you can sell a lot of books? And I feel like I've pretty much solved that. I know how to do that now. Um, and, but one of the things is, is that, you know, over the last three and a half, four years, I've only worked with a little over a hundred authors. Now that's a lot of authors. That's a lot of clients, but you know, at the same time, there's tens of thousands of authors out there. And so what I'm really looking at is how I can take everything I've learned and put it out into the world in a way that I can help lots and lots of authors. Because, you know, some of my favorite authors right now are self-published authors. They're authors that are writing their books and just putting them out for sale themselves, but they don't really understand how to do the marketing side. And so coming out with the book was the first thing I did there. Um, and then we have some other things planned. But now I'm looking at like, well, instead of just helping out 100 authors, how can I help out 10,000 authors? Like how can I create something that will help 10,000 authors be successful instead of just 100? And so that's what's really exciting me now is – you know, I've got a great group of clients I work with month in and month out, and um, I can be, you know, I can look at um, projects and really just work on projects that I'm excited about. But I also want to look at, you know, how can I put things in the hands of authors, you know, that can't hire me, that don't have the money to hire me or don't have the time to hire me, but want to learn how to do these things on their own. They just don't know what to do. So I'm looking. You know, what I'm really excited about now is how can I do that? How can I go from teaching 100 people to teaching 10,000 people? Well, what I love about what you said is that you're in this transition, but I will say that I kind of look at it as more of an evolution, Tim, because that's kind of what we're doing as entrepreneurs. We are always evolving because you have nailed your niche down and you've made a name for yourself now, and now you're looking to evolve and leverage your time and scale your knowledge into products and services that can just reach so many more people. So would you accept my little change of phrase there? My father-in-law runs a local business. They sell like copier machines and fax machines and service them. And what's a fax rem- machine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I had a yeah, you know, I had to fax something the other. Didn't it annoy you? I had to go to the FedEx Kinkos because I didn't know any other place that I could send a fax. My <laughs> bank was like, "I'm like, I can't email it. No, we can't do it over the phone. No." 
So I can only fax this because I don't even know where fax me. Okay. I'm like, well, that's a little tangent, but it's a fair tangent. So let's not lose your point here. But just to kind of put an exclamation point on that, I had the exact same issue three days ago. I'm like, I can literally right now take a picture and cam PDF. It's going to scan it into a PDF and I can email to you. You can have it in your inbox in 30 seconds and it will be a PDF of what you want. And they go, no, it must be faxed to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh man. Um what was the question? Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so I was talking to him one time. This was a while ago and I was like, "Yeah, I think I finally got my my business plan like I know how to do this now. Like I've got this down." And he's like, "Write it in pencil." And uh, you know, meaning, you know, right. so I can erase it and change it. And um and it really was this like you know, it's constantly changing. So yeah, evolution is definitely a better thing. Cause every time I think I'm finally like, yeah, I've got this now. It's like everything kind of falls apart and I got to put it back together. <laughs> well, with my mind transition kind of means like you're moving in a different direction, but for you, you're just building off of what you've already created and evolving it. Yeah, that's true. I- I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're going to break in here and thank our sponsors. Do you love watching shows like Survivor and The Amazing Race as much as I do? And you better believe I love talking about them afterwards, too. Enter TV Talk, America's premier network for TV show discussions. With a simple tap of a button, you can fire up your smartphone or tablet TV Talk app and start listening to entertaining discussions about your favorite shows. TV Talk has all kinds of great features too, like the talkback button, which you can use to record your comments on your favorite shows. Also, Talkback Share, which allows you to share your talkback clips with your Facebook friends and Twitter followers with the simple push of a button. During the 20 minute episodes, you'll hear straight from one of your favorites, like past guests who host the Big Brother show and former contestants who host Survivor, The Amazing Race, and The Biggest Loser shows. Available for free for the iOS and the App Store and for the Android devices on Google Play or at tvtalk.com. Download the TV Talk app today. Now let's chat 99designs. Why are you looking in that corner for that graphic designer, silly? I already told you, I know just where you can go to connect with over 210,000 designers. 99designs.com slash fire. At 99designs, you'll start out with a complimentary design consultation with their San Francisco design team. Then, you'll be in direct contact with the designers who are working on your project so you can give them your feedback and they'll refine their designs until you're satisfied. 100% money-back guarantee. And check this out. They've had over 100,000 design products pass through their doors. Their team specializes in everything from logos to apparel designs, even mobile app designs. To start your next design project today, visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. So Tim, this is a perfect segue to my favorite part of the show, the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation style with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yeah, I'm up for this. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? My answer was really nothing uh, because when I had no money, my kid was my first kid was three months old, and we had just moved into a new house, and my wife was staying home with that child, so I was the sole 
the sole provider, I went ahead and just quit my job and started a business. And so um, really, like looking back, I wish I would have waited a little longer. So really nothing was holding me back. There's never the right time. <laughs> I literally feel like 90% of my interviewees have a kid under one years old when they quit their job and launch their <laughs> business. So listeners, if you're feeling held back and you haven't started your entrepreneurial journey yet, have a kid first. Because you know what? I'm coming to the conclusion. And Tim, maybe I'm going to write a book about this that you'll help me launch. Is that until your back is against the wall and that parental survivalist instinct really just grips you and takes control, you're just, life is too easy. You need something that's pumping adrenaline through your veins and nothing more than that than having this defenseless little bundle of joy that now you are the sole protector for. Maybe, maybe that's a trend that I wasn't aware of, but uh, if that's the case, then I'm definitely on board with that. It's just a trend that I've seen. I'm telling you, I feel like all of my guests have this such a similar story that kid, they had just got married, baby, and it's a very interesting similarity. So let me move on to the next question, which is, what is the best advice you've ever received? It's basically different versions of Zig Ziglar's um, if you help enough people get what they want out of life, you'll get what you want out of life too. And, you know, I want to pause here and say, for those of you rolling your eyes, I am with, was in your category. Like I used to hear stuff like this and be like, well, yeah, that's easy to say. You know, if you help enough people get what they want, you know, actually I need to pay my mortgage next month. So I actually need somebody to give me money. And so, um, but I have seen over and over the more that I'm willing to give, the more that I'm willing to help people, the more that I can give away, it just comes back tenfold. And you don't even have to try. This isn't a quid pro quo thing where you're like keeping track of like every time you give so you can get something back. It's just like you give and you help people and it comes back. And so, you know, I, I was, so that's, that's the best business advice is basically people that have told me that over and over, which is like help enough people get what they want out of life and you'll get what you want out of life too. Well, Tim, anybody that's rolling their eyes right now is not listening to Entrepreneur on Fire enough <laughs> because of the 335 episodes that I've done, probably 311 of the entrepreneurial success stories have come because people have accepted and embraced that philosophy to include myself. When I launched Entrepreneur on Fire for the first five months, that's all I was doing was just giving free content because great entrepreneurs like yourself, Tim, were coming on and sharing amazing journeys and it was all free and it was all out there to consume and to get that personal MBA that you wanted through the trial by fire. So I love the advice, Tim. And I think it leads into the next question quite perfectly, which is what is one specific action that listeners can take in the next 24 hours to bring them one step closer to their dreams? You know, we actually already covered this, but I have to say it again. And I would say is get a coach. Um, you know, if I look back over the last seven years, everything changed for me when I put myself under another expert's authority and got their in input on a regular basis and made changes based on their advice. Um, that changes, that still changes everything for me. Um, so that is one action I think you can start in the next 24 hours is start finding a business coach, somebody that can speak into your business and, and help you make good decisions. Tim, I love when themes develop during Entrepreneur on Fire interviews. And the theme of today is get a coach, get a mentor. It worked for you. It worked for me. Invest in yourself, Fire Nation. Tim, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? 
Yeah, I started using a few months ago on the advice of a buddy of mine, um, youcanbook.me. Um, and it's a, it's a way that you can um, sync your calendar online and let people um, add themselves to your calendar. So I, when, if you wanted uh, to talk to me, I would send you a link. And you would just click on that link and go, and you would see all the times available I have on my calendar, and you'd see them in your own time zone. And then you would just pick a time, add in some details, and it would show up on my calendar. This has saved me huge amounts of time. And I was totally sold on it when about a week after I started using it, um, somebody wanted to set up a call with me and three other people. Now, that's a disaster. It's like, well, I can do Tuesday at 3, but I can't do That's 15 emails going back and forth at a minimum. Exactly. And so the person that was in charge of setting up the call, I sent them my link and I didn't hear about it again. It just popped up on my calendar. And um, and that was like, man, that saved me. I don't know how many emails. And it's also helpful for the other person because we they don't have to send you 12 emails right. trying to find. So it's just, I I absolutely love it. I was worried about using it, but I've gotten nothing but good feedback. And it saves me a ton of time and hassle. And you know, a hidden side, a hidden benefit to this is um, is a couple things. First off, you know, I try to set aside my mornings for creative time. And what would happen is I would have somebody ask me for a phone call and I would cave and be like, okay, yeah, I can do 9 a.m. Or, okay, yeah, I can do 10 a.m. But when I just send them the link, it never even comes up. It's just they just pick a time. So it really helps me stay within my own parameters. That whole like assume, you know, knowing in the future I'm going to be stupid and agree to a phone call when I shouldn't. <laughs> I set up this thing where no longer am I even in control of that. And, um, and it also allows me not to take phone calls on my day off. There's so many times where I'll take a day off, but then somebody will ask me for a phone call and I'll be like, well, okay. And then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at like the pool with my kids and now I'm standing out by the car trying to do a phone call. Like it's not even good for the other person on the line. And so, um, and so I found that it really lets me like keep my calls under control and they don't take over my life. So I highly recommend it. Tim, I can put another exclamation point on that because I use a very similar program and what it does for me is it allows me to continue to batch. So I do eight Entrepreneur on Fire interviews every Monday. I do six interviews on other people's shows every Thursday. So instead of that just kind of melding into the entire week and me just having these 14 interviews at random times that are working, I am batching. And so it's eight hours for Mondays, it's six hours for Thursdays, and the rest of my week is my oyster. And exactly. if that doesn't fit into their schedule, then they can book it a future week because those are my available times that I've batched to do those type of phone calls, interviews, etc. So love that. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com slash Tim Grawl. So Tim, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? This one was pretty easy. This is the best. This is the book I've recommended more since I've read it, which has been over a year ago. Um, I think everybody should read this book. It's 30 Lessons for Living by Carl Pilmer. Um he basically interviewed like a thousand people, 65 years and older, um, asking for their life lessons, what they learned in life. And he distilled it down to 30 lessons for living. And, you know, 
so much advice. You know, you're you're listening to a guy that's 32 years old. Like I haven't lived long enough to give real advice. You know, once I hit my 60s, 70s, 80s. Now we're talking, I've got enough life experience that you should listen to what I have to say. And the fact that this guy went out, I, I can't remember exactly. It was at least a thousand people that he talked to um, from all walks of life. And he distilled it down to these 30 lessons for living. And what it did for me is a couple things. It confirmed things that I believed, but gave me some like data behind it. You know, I live my life in a pretty different way compared to most people that I know. And sometimes I'm like, am I making a good decision here? (laughs) You know, like I'm, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants and there were several things in the book that really confirmed for me, like, yes, I'm on the right track. Like when I'm, you know, I, throughout my life, I try to think of like, you know, I'm 32 is, is 70 year old Tim or 80 year old Tim. Will he look back at how I lived my life at 32 and be proud or embarrassed or would he kick my ass? You know, like, so (laughs) I need to live this. And so it, it was really helpful in that way. And it also really pointed out some things that I was lacking. You know, like one of the things that they talked about was travel, travel while you're young. Don't wait, don't keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And so that's something that my uh, my wife and I really started to put into our life of like, we're going to travel, we're going to spend the money, we're going to take the knocks. Yes, it's harder to travel with younger children, but we're going to do it anyway. And, you know, really try, taking that as a cue of something I need to change in my life. And so I highly recommend 30 Lessons for Living. I think every person should read it and I guarantee you, you're going to love it. Well, I have three things to say about that. Number one, Fire Nation, I'm 33 years old, so I'm a full year older than Tim, so you can listen to everything that I say. And B, I'm telling Dan Pink you didn't recommend his book because I'm interviewing him in a couple weeks. And C, Fire Nation, if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. So Tim, This next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would basically meet and help as many people as possible. So, you know, there's this whole, the the old saying, you know, it's all in who you know. And that is so absolutely true. Like I become more successful the more people that I meet and the more people that know I exist and the more people that I've helped do something. And so I would shelf money since my food and shelter is taken care of. And I'm assuming somebody has given me something to wear. Um, I would spend the first seven days basically offering my help. So I would offer to help any author. You know, if I wanted to stay in the author space, I would basically go out to any author and like help them build their website, help them launch their book, help them think through their marketing, help them, help them, help them. Because that's basically um, where I where I got where you know I have to. In this space, um, I have to mention a great resource by a guy named Charlie Hohen. Um, and if you Google um, "recession proof graduate," he has a great PDF. He's actually writing a book on this too. But um, sign up for his email list, and you get this PDF called "The Recession Proof Graduate," and it is 
it is how I built my business over the last four years. It like walks you through and the basic idea is you give away a little bit of free work to convert that into paying clients. And all of my original batch of clients I got by doing a little bit of free work and, uh, and then turning them into clients. And so what I would do in that first seven days is get as many people as possible to let me help them for free so that I could turn them into referrals and potential clients. I mean, Tim, that advice is so sound. And a quick example I can give from Entrepreneur on Fire, I had somebody reach out and contact me and say, John, I'm actually not that impressed with your Facebook cover photo. I will do it for free. I'm a graphic designer. And I said, well, yeah, it's not that good. And so she did it. It was gorgeous. People started asking about it. And then whenever I have people that are like, John, do you have a designer you'd recommend, which is a lot, I send them her way. And she did a little bit of upfront free work for me. And it has paid incredible dividends for her down the line. Yeah. like, And, and you're thinking... If, if we added up the entire time she put in that, I mean, the first email, I mean, you're talking two, maybe three hours of work that took her. It probably wasn't even that. Probably not. But like, and, and that's what it's turned into. And Dan Pink, I reached out to him and, um, and offered to do like a few things. Again, followed the, I, I basically copy and pasted the email from that recession proof graduate and just filled it out. And, um, and that's how I started working with Dan Pink. And now we've been working together for almost four years nonstop. You know, like how is that turn? How is that little bit of free work I did at the beginning turned into dividends for me? <laughs> and, but there's also been people that have said no, like that I, um, one of the people I did some work for that didn't end up hiring me to do anything was Guy Kawasaki. But you know what? Guy referred me a bunch of people even though he never ended up paying me. And, you know, so it's like that kind of stuff. Plus, I get to say that Guy Kawasaki was a client. You know, nobody has to know that he didn't, never paid me. And, uh, well, now all of you know, but... Um, <laughs> well, now everybody but, knows. Yeah, but, honest. you know, but that's that's the thing. Like, if I was getting started, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine who just quit his job to help start this hood cleaning. I don't really understand it. I guess restaurants have to like by law clean something because it could catch on fire. Like the, I think it's the hood above the stove or something because it gets all like filled with grease. And I'm like, you know, I was talking to him about this and I was like, this is how you should start is you should go in and offer to do it for a month for free and just go in and clean it. And while you're there, look for two other, two or three other things that you could fix or clean while you're there who do you think they're going to call when they need something? They're going to call the guy that came in for free, did a fantastic job, and then looked for some other ways to help them while he was there. And I'm like, this will literally work for any kind of business, for any kind of entrepreneurial thing. If you don't have enough clients, you're not doing enough free work. I mean, Tim, I don't want to just belabor this point and continue to go down this because, I mean, we're starting to get to the 40-minute mark, but I mean, there's just such good stuff here and the ideas are flowing from my mind as well. I had a friend that cleaned awnings and he went and for free cleaned an awning on a very busy street and he did it for free. He did a great job and, and that guy never paid him a cent, but guess what? All the store owners up and down the street street saw that clean awning, asked the store owner where he got it cleaned, and this guy was busy for the next six months cleaning awnings because he did that one for free and showcased his talent and made it happen. So Tim, we could go on and on, and we can't unfortunately right now, but I do want to do this. I want to say that I really enjoyed hearing your journey, and I do want you to share right now with Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, and then share the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. One piece of guidance is just 
you know, stick with it. Um, there were so many times in, you know, the last seven and a half, eight years that, um, I really just thought I should quit and find a job. In fact, as recent as November. So that was, you know, there was, I had this long conversation with my wife of like, you know what, maybe I should just find a job. And, um, and, you know, the big turning point for me was the spring when everything kind of changed, which is right after that. Um, so, you know, stick with it. It's, it's a great life and really always, you know, have a bend towards freedom. Um, you know, I always make decisions in my business based on how much freedom it gives me and, uh, cause that's where I find happiness. And, um, and then as far as where to find me, um, you can just Google my name. You can go to outthinkgroup.com. Um, and if you're looking to start your own platform to eventually self-publish a book or write a book, um, buy my book, your first thousand copies. Um, it's a great read. You'll get a lot out of it. Tim, Fire Nation is well aware that they can find the links to everything of value that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com. Click on that podcast tab. You are hanging out in the archives. And Tim, thank you on behalf of Fire Nation for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Fire Nation. Entrepreneur on Fire generates over 400,000 unique downloads a month and well over five figures in monthly revenue. This is all a result of the podcast I started on September 22nd, 2012. If you want to find out everything I've done, come to podcastersparadise.com. Here you will find video tutorials of everything you need to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. A community of other podcasters to exchange reviews, ideas, and experiences with, and access to private webinars where today's top experts reveal all. Come to podcastersparadise.com to find out more. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 